This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new episode of Mercado and Manning, Media Week's weekly television podcast. I'm James Manning from Media Week. Joining me is my colleague, a weekly columnist, a TV historian, Andrew Mercado. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, James. Mate, did you know today there's two days, there's two special things on today. I believe it is Star Trek Day. Yeah. Which is linked to Paramount Plus, of course, and they have been having some special programming. But it also seems to be Disney Plus Day. Yes. Now, I uh, am sort of aware of Disney Plus. I certainly know that I looked at the trailer for the live action movie they've made of Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks as Giuseppe. And honestly, I thought I was going to start crying in the trailer. <laughs> you know, it looks like they've done a really good job with it. Um, and so I'll be watching that. But then today, I kind of, it's all been kind of going on in the background. I kind of read the list, but um, I've noticed on social media today, everyone's talking about this new Simpsons TV series. Okay. Using villains from the world of Walt Disney movies. So they're combining the Simpsons universe with the classic Disney universe. So I think that's really exciting. I'm going to be checking that one out for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and part part of the Disney Plus Day thing is they've got a, I mean, we're recording this on, what is it, um, September 8th, yeah. and I think for the next three or four days you can get a month of Disney Plus for two bucks. Yeah. Um, well, I thought they gave people free sample times anyway, but anyway, so $2, which is good because there's so much content now on Disney Plus. Yeah. So it's probably a good thing to sample it if you wanted to. But if you you've got to be careful, I guess, to cancel when that period ends, otherwise you'll start getting charged full rate. So you've got to got to bear that in mind. Look, we've got a lot to talk about this week. We're going to look at the bear, we're going to look at murder in Provence, we're going to look at the control room. Um, there's a couple of series related to classic movies and movie stars. We're going to ch- chat about them. We're also going to tell you what we're going to have on next week because we've got some serious viewing to do next week as well. I thought it would be a good place to start with The Bear, which is a pretty amazing, um, well, TV series. I think if we both watched all of it, I know I have. I haven't watched all of it. I've watched okay. I think, the first four episodes of it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm working my way through it. I mean, it's so, uh, oh, it's just. Like when you watch that first episode, you're just kind of taken down this like path of urgency. There's a real urgency to it. You have to watch this. It's, yeah. There's something demanding about it. It's it's quite fascinating. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like um I want to say drug fueled, but it's like yeah. people people are high and they're all hyper energy and yeah. Um, and it's weird saying that because that's connected to the storyline, but and yeah. it's just like as um, these people, the, the filmmakers are hyped up and they're really, uh, you know. Yeah, there's an intensity. That, that's the word. In, oh, in, that's in, the word, isn't it? It's yeah. very intense. Yeah. Absol- absolutely. <laughs> so people just- are loving it. Lots of people have, uh, in the coffee shop the other day, someone said, what should I be watching? And I said that. And, of course, all these people around just said, I'm watching it. Oh, all these hands went up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, word's certainly spreading, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, it's from the FX studios in the 
in the US, uh, which is means it's part of the Disney empire now. So I think it's on Disney Plus. Um, they're all they're about half hour episodes, thirty to forty minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's just um, fascinating. It, it looks at a it's a Chicago sort of um, they call it a sandwich restaurant, I think. Yeah. So it's um, and and it's got a bit of a cult following. But the the guy who ran it um, passed away, and he left it to his brother, who he wasn't that close to, yeah. but who happens to be a very talented chef. Yeah, and he's returned to Chicago. He was working at a very upmarket, um, one of all the I think called the world's best restaurant. Yeah, wasn't it? And yeah. he's come home and just you know he's dealing. There's a He's got a as another brother. That's the other no cousin. That's the cousin, cousin, right? Yeah, cousin. Very highly strung. Oh, yeah. Sort of. He's got a bit yell. of a chip on his yell. shoulder. Yeah, he just, everything. He can't yell, talk to anybody. <laughs> and he sort of feels like he maybe should be running it. Yeah. Um, and he's a bit miffed about that. Um, and he sort of looks after the front of house, really, or he's supposed to. He doesn't really seem to do a lot, does he? Um. D- dabbles in a bit of illicit activity as well outside the, <laughs> the, Very the re- I, I actually find him one of the most interesting characters. Oh, he is. Kind of alpha male, uh, using his Italian background, you know, wanting to be the funniest person in the room, telling everyone to stop work because he's got a joke to tell them and really getting off on being the dude. And, yes, yeah, so he's he's not happy at all that his younger cousin has come back because his younger cousin has this incredible restaurant experience and he just wants to diss it at every opportunity. Yeah, and the, the char- his character is Richie, and it's I think it's it's Ebon Moss Bacharach. Bacharach, that yeah. that's his name. Um, he, he was in Girls. I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff. No, uh, he was in the Dropout, which I don't think I've watched yet, with a Amanda Seyfried's thing about that um, tech entrepreneur or that medical entrepreneur who sort of w- went off the rails a bit. Um, but but his the the other well the I, I guess the the lead character is Jeremy Allen um, White. Yep, from Shameless. Yeah, who plays Carmi? Yeah, he played a decade on Shameless. That's it's yeah. his sort of him. He's done other stuff, but that's his. Uh, probably most people know him as the other interesting character is um, uh, the girl in it called the character of Sydney, played yeah. by Ao Edabiri. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's really fascinating. She's she's oh, such a right. such a talent, isn't she? Oh, it's just so obvious. She's just, you know, there's there's so much going on with her, and she's just she's just standing there quietly on the sidelines, going, "You blokes, figure this out." <laughs> uh, I actually already have, but look, you know, you guys keep yelling about it, and one day someone will notice me. Yeah, she's yeah. really fascinating, and she plays she plays it in such an understated way, and she's so reserved and. She's really clever, I think, the way she acts, you know. Yeah, she lets those guys think that they're in charge. And yeah. She lets them sort of, she lets <laughs> them kiss her because she knows ultimately that she's smarter than them. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other the other woman in the restaurant really tries to wind her up and she yeah. just deals with that wonderfully. Um, 
and there, and we see that relationship change during the course of the the series too, which is which is really lovely to watch. Now, you, I think you might have given us a. Did you give us a bit of a warning about some of the um, guest stars last week? I think you you might have mentioned a couple of names. Yeah. There um, was, um, well, Joel McHale's in that first episode, yeah, playing the really really nasty uh, chef, and then there was another cameo in there too who was the other one molly uh, molly ringwald molly ringwald in an aa meeting it was like you know i didn't recognize either of them at the time yeah because I, 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 I knew i was watching for people because you'd said something yeah and um i just didn't pick him and going back and saying oh of course that was joel McHale as a really nasty chef at um giving them a hard time and um, yeah, and then Molly Wingwood in the um, the AA meeting. Yeah, fantastic. But, but it's yeah, highly recommend um, the Bear. It's just uh, just a brilliant piece of TV, and it I, I I was able to to binge all the way through it, and I just did bang 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 one one after the other. It's interesting that it it's arrived here with this sort of built in buzz to it, and the reason is because this screened in America in June. So all the Americans got onto this and loved it and, and it's taken a while to filter out around the world. But what that means, as opposed to everyone releasing their stuff internationally at the same time, is it can come with this buzz. Like the first time I heard about The Bear was people saying, oh, there's this great new show and we've been waiting forever to see it. And, and so it's interesting how a buzz can be created by just holding it back and teasing with it just a little bit in yeah. some parts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now there's eight episodes, um, so look out for that on Disney Plus. It's um, it's it's well worth your time, I think. Yeah, um, I wanted to quickly mention Murder in Provence, which I think I talked about earlier this year, but I I hadn't seen it at the time, and I thought it sounded good, um, and it's it's very good. It's actually better than I thought it would be. It's on BritBox. Yep. They're sort of they're, I think they're ninety minute episodes, so it's like a little bit like watching a movie. Right. Um and it just it just comes together really well. I was I was just surprised. I thought it'd be just a a bit of standard fare British crime drama. Um, but it's sort of a it's it's the next level above that. It's it's really a little bit like watching a movie, and it's it's. I'm just not sure how it comes together. It's partly the the, the casting. I think of um, Roger Allen, who who stars in Endeavor, plays a, a copper in that. In this one, he play in uh, Murder in Provence. He plays a a French um, investigating judge. I think the yeah the legal system and the policing is a little bit different there. So you have judges that seem to get involved in the investigation. So he the crime happens and he goes out and he he gets involved in that. Um, his partner in the series, I don't think they're married, is uh, Nancy Carroll. Yeah, um, she was in The Crown um, fairly recently, and and their their relationship's lovely. But just um, just the way he investigates the. The, the crime and the the first episode I've seen it's involved in a university a professor gets bumped off and um, there's a whole string of potential um, uh, culprits and then just how he works his way through the case uh, to solve it all it was just just really nice and of course the 
the way they portray the um, lifestyle in Provence, um, you know, there are there are people are sipping wine in most scenes, um, things like that. It's really nice. There's some so some some good co-stars. I think I might have mentioned earlier this year some of the people were that that are in it. Um, Kiala Settle is in it now. She was in what was she? She was in the Greatest Showman. Oh she yeah, was, she, yeah. She oh, she yes, had yes, a, yes. She's the beautiful one that sang. Yes, yeah. Opera singer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, she's very good in this. And um, Patricia Hodge turns up, um, much respected uh, British British actor, um, going way back, and I think we might have mentioned this one earlier this year, Rumpole of the Bailey. Oh, yeah. She was one of the key characters way back in Rumpole of the Bailey. She was in that... um, Oh, what was it? Um, she was in Elephant Man. She wow. was in Very English Scandal, playing, I think, Jeremy Thorpe's wife. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing she was in? Um, she played the mother in Miranda. She played Miranda's mother in the Miranda sitcom, I think. Oh, really? Okay, that's a yeah, that's right. That'd be right. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Yeah. So anyway, so look, that's a good recommendation. I mean, BritBox doesn't get a lot of a lot of buzz, does it really? Not a lot of people talk about BritBox, but this is one of the reasons that it, you know, it's probably um worth investigating, I think. Do you think this is is this a BritBox original show? Is it made purely for their streaming uh, platform? Cuz I I'm trying to that is if it's anywhere in the world or very good question. I'm not sure if it's on BritBox in the UK or if it's on a not on BritBox on in the a UK, then terrestrial perhaps. channel. Yeah, it's something yeah. that was made purely for the BritBox streaming service because yeah. that's what you need to do if you're a streaming service today. You need to have original shows. You just can't be taking stuff when they hit the repeat cycle. You've got yeah. to have original material. Yeah, yeah, no, but this is good, and I'll definitely be watching some more. It's um, yeah. it's well worth your time. Now, look, something I don't know about, and you can tell us about. It's it's one of um a lot of good stuff coming up on Stan. It's called yeah. Darklands. Yeah, look, there's two uh, Australian movies that have quietly landed on Stan. One of them is called Beat and the other one is called Darklands. Now, Beat was filmed in Newcastle. Uh, It is about a homeless guy and the actor who plays the part lost 30 kilos for the role and, wow, you can really tell in the opening shot. And it's also running a – there's also a story there about a classical pianist who needs an organ transplant. Um, and, you know, it's pretty serious. It's a bit bleak, but it's a pretty uh, good effort for a first-time filmmaker, which is uh, Jai Curry. And it stars Rachel Carpani and Ben Hall and uh, John Wood and Alexandra Jensen. So, yeah, Beat, you can now watch that on stand. Also done about uh, 10 original classic music uh, compositions for the soundtrack. The other movie I want to talk about is Darklands. This also dropped on Stan last week. This is kind of a spin-off project from some of the people who were working together on Neighbours. Uh, you've got script writer Sarah Maybury. She actually funded this project, raised an additional $27,000. So we're not talking a big budget film here. Scott Major, actor, uh, turned director, uh, directed it. 
And uh, Shana Sheev, uh, one of the script writers, is one of the executive producers. I've talked about him on this podcast before. He's gone straight from uh, finishing up on Neighbours to now moving to the UK and writing for Hollyoaks. So this is a, a little movie project they've made on the side. Nadine Garner plays a cop who's involved in a high school massacre and Samantha Kane plays a journo that wants the inside running on the story and uh, she gets a bit too pushy and she lives to regret that. Again, very dark, pretty bleak. Um, but, yeah, kind of amazing to see these two Australian movies, both done on such an incredible shoestring budget and now streaming on stand. That's what we want. That's where filmmakers, you know, their work needs to be seen and so well done to stand for buying those films and showing them. Yeah, I guess it's giving Aussie movies an audience they just wouldn't get at the box office. You know? Yeah, totally. If they were lucky enough to get a box office release, yeah, a, a, a theatre release, um, another British thriller we can talk about. This is the Control Room, yeah, which has just recently been on uh, on air. I think it was on BBC in the UK, BBC One. Uh, did some pretty good business. Got some reasonable reviews. There's only three parts, yeah, which was which interested me. Look, it was pretty good. I don't think it'll be on my best list for the end of the year. So you watched all three? No, I've, I'm two down. Right. So I've watched the first one and the first one was quite stressful when it was getting to the end and I was going, oh, do I have to go through this for another two hours? Like, <laughs> it's stressing me out, man. Yeah, no, it was good. It, it certainly keeps my interest and I definitely want to see where it's going. Look, if it was seven or eight episodes, I don't know if I would have stayed the course. Yeah. But um, but it's I think it's... um. It's like a Scottish. Um, the Scottish, it's almost like this Scottish genre uh, <laughs> that people do really dumb, stupid things. You yeah. know, people find <laughs> themselves in situations and there's two choices to make. There's the right choice or there's a bad choice and they always seem to take the bad choice that leads them into worse and worse and worse things happening after that. I mean, that's kind of train spotting and that's that trust that was that Scottish series about the two guys who, you know, killed the guy by accident and decided to, you know, it's it's Scottish people making really bad decisions. Yeah. Look, I won't pretend I know any of the cast because I don't really. They're, um, uh, one of them was um, oh, Ian, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Ian, it's probably Ian, I-A-I-N, Ian de Casteca. Right. I think he was in um, Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. And he's also been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Um, he, I think, yeah. But anyway, it's set in a call centre for a, an ambulance service. Yep. Is the setting. Um, and one of them is a newcomer Um and he uncovers some sort of shady business yeah. among some of his colleagues. Yeah. And, and I mean, the plot is reasonably intricate, but it you can follow the basics quite easily. And there's all these flashbacks to a childhood trauma that's, that's right. affecting it. Look, I, I kind of like that character of Gabe, you know, because he – you know, he's something awful has happened to him in childhood, and you can sort of see how it's kind of emotionally stunted him. And yeah. 
kind of stuck and then he's right back in this situation from before. And so you can understand why he's making these bad decisions and, the, you know, there's more to tell of what happened in the past to explain as to why he's behaving. But I agree with you. It's sort of, you know, that they give you enough information to keep you on the hook. Yeah, yeah, but you can follow it, you know. Um, yeah. But don't look away for too long because you know. <laughs> I did. You know what? I, I finally went, you know, uh, yeah, geez. Well, I think I need to pick up my phone and see what's happening. <laughs> and would you believe it, James? That was when in the first episode there's a car accident. Right, I okay. Up my phone, I heard the smash and went, see, don't pick up your phone. <laughs> the moment you think something's not going to happen, that's when it's going to happen. It is, it is very easy, isn't it, if you don't pay attention? I've never been a good multitasker. Um, and if I look away or and I miss something, it's amazing. You can miss quite quite um, central plot um, yeah. plot points and you sort of you go, oh, why did that happen? You've almost got to go back and, and watch it again to, yeah. to keep track of it. But that's on, I think it's on BBC First, so you can watch that on Foxtel. You can see it on Binge. Yeah, I think it's um, Sunday on uh, BBC First channel, Sunday night at 8.30. Yeah, yeah, so that's that. Now let's talk about... Um, TV series or shows about movies or yeah. movie stars. First of all, let me say I finally finished The Offer. Yeah, right. I, I was I still about had four episodes to go. It was quite long. I think there's about ten apps. There's eight or ten apps. Yeah, there's ten episodes on yeah. Paramount Plus. Yeah. yeah, I got halfway, and I look, I loved it, but I just. I've been busy. There's a lot of other stuff to watch, and I just have gone off my radar. But I had an opportunity, or I was in a confined space <laughs> for a certain amount of time. I thought, bang, and I watched them all back to back. Yeah, and wow, 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 just wow. reinforced for me how good is that series. Oh, look, it's right up there. It's going to be huh? in my best ofs. I loved every minute. I actually didn't want it to end. <laughs> and what I thought was so great about the offer was. They, they never once tried to recreate something that was actually on the screen in The Godfather. You yeah. saw the actors going to the door, but the moment they yelled action, they never tried to recreate those moments in the film because they don't need to. The film's there. This yeah. This yeah. about what happened behind the camera, and I just thought they cleverly sidestepped that all, all the way but gave you just enough to make you go, yeah, yeah, I, I, know, I, I, yeah, I, I know what they're doing here. Yeah, no, it's just brilliant. I mean, it's it's told through the eyes of um, uh, Albert Ruddy, who was almost like a first-time producer who sort of looked after The Godfather and, you know, uh, pushed it through and was a real advocate for it and um, stood up for Francis Ford Coppola and his arguments with the studio and and with um, and sort of dealt with the increasingly um, erratic um, Robert Evans. Yeah. And... Um, it was just great, and look, and we've talked about it before. Juno Temple, oh. um, in in this, and just she's just brilliant. She is so good. She's got to win an Emmy or something, surely. You know. What about the stuff in it about that? The stuff about them designing the poster, and would they <laughs> scrap the really well known cover of the book and go yes. for a different font and all that stuff? And you see them going, "Oh, we might do it like this," and you're thinking, "No, no." You know, of course, that they don't, that they make the right decisions. But then you've got that guy saying, oh, the film's too long. 
You know, it took me 90 minutes. You need to cut some out. And, you see, and, and you're going, I know they win this, this battle, but it's so fascinating to think that, you know, someone can come in and try and put their stamp on it and make it worse. You know, yeah. so yeah. power hungry man that's got to have, got to say that he had his finger in the pie, but that's going to ruin the pie. So, you know, the fact that it actually ended up getting released the way that, Francis Ford Coppola wanted it to be done is quite amazing. Yeah. And that back half of it too, you they cover the stuff like um Ally McGraw, um, who was married to Robert Evans, and just um her career going from love story and then getting the part in the getaway. Yeah. You know, that's just brilliant, all that stuff. You get yeah, to see behind the scenes and yeah, just fantastic. Yeah. And then the the stuff surrounding um Al Pacino. You yeah. know, and his casting, and then how he dealt with um, playing the part, and his insecurities, and how the studio, and then how Coppola himself dealt with that. Yeah. Um, the Brando stuff. You see, oh, Brando, Justin <laughs> Chalmers playing Brando. Who knew? Who knew the guy from Grey's Anatomy could do that? It was so incredible. Yeah, that's no, just wonderful. Like, um, yeah. If you've got any interest in in the history of cinema, you've just yeah. got to you've got to watch this. It's just um, it's just such good, and it's just a huge cast too. You know, it's, you know, people playing Robert Duvall, James Cain, Diane Keaton, yeah. um, John Cazale, Talia Shire, yeah. um, Someone Frank, red Frank Sinatra. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. it's just just such. So Robert Redford, um, you know, it's just so many. Characters coming in, in and out of it, and that um, it's just wonderful. Yeah. Now, yeah. now you've you've also, but there's something called the last movie stars that you've been into. Well, look, that for me, the the best things on TV this year are all about movie history. I've loved the offer. Now we've got the last movie stars, which is a docu series co-production between CNN and HBO. It's going out on HBO Max in America. Um. Ethan Hawke is the creator mm. of this. And what's happened is that Paul Newman's three adult daughters have gave Ethan Hawke access to all of this material. Paul Newman uh, was going to write a memoir and he did a whole bunch of uh, recordings on cassettes uh, with him and his wife, Joanne Woodward, and all these incredible uh, actors and directors of the era, and they thought the tapes were lost, and then they found the tapes, but then the tapes were unusable. <laughs> so what they've done is they've managed to piece together some bits that the quality isn't great, but what they do is they recreate what is being said on those uh, bad quality tapes and also from actual interviews at the time. Um, and you learn about the history of Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward who were married for 50 years. I didn't realise that Paul Newman had left his first wife for it. They're very open about the fact that these people aren't perfect, but they were married for 50 years and it was this great love affair in, um, in, in a way. But it's so interesting because I'm learning so much. Uh, I knew a lot about Paul Newman's career, but I didn't. I feel ashamed that I don't know oh, about Joanne Woodward. Correct. Yeah, correct. I feel ashamed that I don't know that. But they make the point in this film that her films aren't in circulation and when we're not seeing her film. Her films haven't gone into that iconic status like Paul Newman's done where they're being repeated every two months on Fox Classics. You know what I mean? 
But what's the good? The great thing about the last movie stars is that Ethan Hawke via Zoom during COVID lockdown gets all of these actors like George Clooney and Rose Byrne and Vincent D'Onofrio and all these people, and he gets them to do the voices in these recreations. So George Clooney plays Paul Newman, Laura Linney does Joanne Woodward. And honestly, it's just so beautiful and so fascinating. I've watched four episodes of it and I just feel like I'm swimming in it. And I just want wanted Foxtel to have all of those films they're talking about in it. I want them to be there so that I can yeah. watch them. I want to finish watching The Last Movie Stars and go watch you know, the effect of Gamma Ray Marigolds starring Joanne Woodward, you know? That's how fantastic um, a, a doco series about the history of cinema is when they get it right. Yeah, th- th- there's lots of enlightening things in this. I mean, yeah, you're right. Everybody, well, not everybody. I mean, it's he doesn't get talked about as much as he should, Paul Newman, because he was such an amazing actor and his choice of movie was, but some of the stuff he did was fantastic. Oh. And we might save that for another day. We'll talk about some of those movies, but yeah, there's some great stuff there. But I didn't realise how much they acted together as well. You did I? Um, and some of the, like the starts with the scene from is it Mr and Mrs Bridge, I think is a is shown at the very start. Well, and such a good quality the the print they've got of that. But while I would love to see that and some of the other things where they were together, and you're right, all the massive the the movies of Joanne Woodward. You know, I think she's still alive too. She is still alive, and I don't understand why we're not celebrating her life more. And you're right; they made so many films together, and Paul Newman directed a lot of these films. Mm. And what's incredible about this is that. You can see through this doco series that he was taking things from his own life and putting them in the films. And these were tough, emotional things that he was kind of putting in the film. So when they're talking about really tough times in their life, they can pretty much go through their annals of films and find a scene or a moment that reflects something that happened to them in their real life. I mean, the research into this to have made that happen. It is incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The um, uh, Martin Scorsese is a is one of the is executive producer, so he was involved in the production. Um, you mentioned uh, Rose Burns, also um, one of the voices you hear. Billy Crudup. Um, yeah. Josh Hamilton's in there. Yeah, I think does the voice. Sally Field. She Sally in- Field gets interviewed, and look, the guy who's doing the voice of Gore Vidal is so amazing. Like when he opens his mouth, I, I actually believe it is the real Gore Vidal, but it's not. It's an actor impersonating him. It's so fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And Rose Byrne plays Estelle Parsons. And, you know, I was watching it going, Estelle Parsons. <laughs> I was thinking of Estelle Getty from The Golden Girls, and I'm going, I know I know you, and I know you're in a sitcom. And then I went, "It's it's you're not in The Golden Girls. I looked it up. Estelle Parsons was the mother of Roseanne and Jackie in Roseanne and the Connors. She's that mad, oh, bad, wow, crazy really? Really? That's quite mad and eccentric. That's Estelle Parsons who made this film with Joanne Woodward. Uh, that's, oh, it's incredible. I want to watch that film, that film with Joanne Woodward and Estelle Parsons. That's the one I want to watch. It's yeah. an incredible performance from Joanne Woodward. Oh, I just, I just love it so much. 
It's a great double, isn't it, really? You can watch The Offer, then you can watch the last movie stars. They just sort of, it's just um, f- fantastic stuff. Um, something else that sort of related to sort of classic Hollywood, I've been, I've come across Gossip, which might have come out last year, I think. It's uh, Ron Howard was involved in the production. It's a doco basically about Cindy... Um, Cindy Adams, the gossip columnist for the New York Post, yes, who's I've heard of her, who started the Page Six columns, yes, a very famous yes. gossip page in the New York Post, um, and that's just fascinating. It's um, and it involves Rupert Murdoch a lot too because it's it covers the time he took over the newspaper, oh. and um, and um, it's oh, just it's really. List. It's it's amazing, and it a lot of former executives, News Corp executives, talk quite frankly about um, both um, Rupert Murdoch and the newspaper, oh. and and Cindy Adams stars in it. She sort of um, talks about the years of all the stuff, and she's very funny. I mean, she's very tough, and um, you know. Never holds back in the stories, and she talks about the, you know, she's very proud of all the. She's actually got the in her apartment. She's got the ceiling of the apartment wallpapered with all the front pages from the newspaper she had over the years. So it's and she was also very close to the um some of the political God who were they now I I I should have had this um with me um Sukarno. Was Indonesia, wasn't it? His wife, Sukarno. Yes. And who was the Philippines? Um, Marco, Marcos. Yeah, Philippines. Marcos, and she was. Yeah, she was very close to um, Imelda Marcos as well, and um, got some great exclusives back in the day with both of them yeah. about the sort of politics in Southeast Asia, which is a real juxtaposition to a lot of the Hollywood gossip she used to peddle. Um, but yeah, it's just fantastic. It's a, it's just an amazing insight into sort of a, you know, a, a superstar gossip columnist, I guess, and um, you know, how she was put together, what drove her, and um, how she looks back and is very honest about sort of you know, uh, things that weren't exactly true, but she wasn't telling a lie, and it, it's just it's really very funny, you know. It's um, so it's great. So it's called Gossip. Um, look out for that. Well, it's funny that um, you said that name, Sakana. The only reason I actually know that name is because that is uh, the backdrop to the movie The Year of Living Dangerously with uh-huh. Gibson. Yeah. You know? And uh, that was the film that Noel Ferrier was in it and it was directed by Peter Weir and that was where Linda Hunt won her Academy Award and then she went on to star in NCIS, but she did that incredible performance, you know. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 So yeah, gossip. It's on um, Disney Plus. Um, what else have we got this week? We wanted to. Um, I wanted to mention a couple of things that are that to, to watch out for. There's something coming up called Goodnight Mummy on um, Prime Video. Yes. That's towards the end of next week with Naomi Watts. Yes. It's a remake, I think, of an Austrian horror movie. Right. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. So, so the goodnight mummy. I'm wondering if Naomi Watts plays the mummy and she's um a little bit crazy. I don't know. I don't know anything about it, but it, it sounds a little bit intriguing. Um This is England, which we've talked about before, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh playing Boris Johnson. 
Um, I wanted to mention that this week because Boris has just left um, Downing Street for the last time, of course. Yeah. I think it was Boris. It could have been Kenneth Branagh. It's hard, <laughs> to, it's hard to tell them apart. But uh, the, the release date is September 22 for that. On, um, I think that's also BBC First, so it'll be on Foxtel and Binge, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit closer to the, the date. Uh, there's a bit of high school action out there at the moment. Of course, Heartbreak High is getting closer. Closer. I think that's early October on. No, Netflix. no, no. It's next Wednesday it's, on Netflix. Is it next week? It's next week. So yeah, you'll oh, be wow. watching that uh, next week and talking about that and writing about that next week. Okay. And there's also High School on Prime Video. Oh, another. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's. Oh, sorry, that's in October. I'm getting my dates confused. Right. So there's a few High School movies. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. talk about them. Um, Next week, I'm still working my way through The Patient and Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah. And so Disney Plus is on fire. Yeah, so yeah. there's there, there's a bunch of stuff there. They're dropping one week at a time. So I'm sort of um, I'm waiting patiently. Excuse the pun for each of those um, episodes to drop each week. Now, look, the the stuff we're going to need to catch up with and talk about next week. It's one, two, three, four. Quite intriguing things coming to Stan. Um, Bali 2002. Correct. That that miniseries, well, it's a movie, I think, isn't it? With, oh, it's a uh, miniseries. It's a miniseries, is okay. Rachel Griffith oh, yeah. and um, Richard Roxburgh amongst yeah. uh, some other people. Now, The Serpent is a name that's getting used a lot. So there was The Serpent, which we talked about and we loved. Yep. Claire there was the Essex Claire. Serpent, which we talked about earlier this oh, year. That was the Claire Danes one, yes. Yep. The and was the Netflix one, right? About correct. The, yeah, uh, yep, yep. Charles Sabraj in, yep. in Thailand. The Thailand, yep. I guess he was a mass murderer, wasn't he? Well, serial killer. So, yep. And then the next one is the Serpent Queen. Right, which which sounds pretty fascinating with Charles Dance. Yep. He does. He's he's never stops working, does he? That guy. Yeah. And um, Samantha Morton. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. That's on Stan. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, also from Stan is Last Light with Joanne Froggett and Matthew oh, yes. Fox. Yes, yeah, that looks good. That's about you know the electricity grid going down and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, that and, looks and- really good. And also a retelling of American Gigolo. Yeah, that's the other one I was going to tell you about. It's there too. Shit, James, how are we going <laughs> to watch all of this? You know what else is starting next week on Paramount Plus? Monarch, which is a TV series starring Susan Sarandon based in country music, which seems to me like it could be kind of a bit Winona Judd and the two daughters and right. seems to be based on that. But, God, you have yeah. to have something with Susan Sarandon in it, don't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And the thing I'll leave you with, I'll leave you one more thing that was also on the horizon, is The Suspect, the Aidan Turner um, drama, which is going to be, it's also on BritBox. That just starts this week in the UK, so when there's going to be very little delay in it uh, getting out here. Now, he's got a full beard. I heard him say in an interview it took him about three months to grow this beard. So, um, and he plays, I think he plays, we mentioned it, but he plays a... um, a scientist who's called in to help solve a, a crime. I can't yeah. remember what sort of scientist he is, but yeah. Anyway, we got a lot. Um, we got a lot. Forensic scientist or something, and they he's called on to help solve a crime, and it's been getting some pretty good reviews. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um, that'll do us, Andrew. Thank you. 
Thank you. Have a great week. You can read Andrew every Friday in um, the Media Week Morning Report, also at mediaweek.com.au. We'll do this again, the podcast every week, of course. You can get us on all podcast platforms, including uh, Listener. You can use the Listener app to listen to us, or you can also just jump on the Media Week website, click the Podcasts tab, and you'll find all the recent episodes there. We'll do it again soon. Until then, farewell.